107.1 X-Ray FM. My name is Belinda Carroll, and you're listening to My First Gay Bar. I'm so excited for our guests tonight. Uh, they are a comedian who is autistic, openly queer, and openly non-binary in a largely Muslim country, uh, Malaysia, and specifically Kuala Lumpur. So we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about the comedy scene there. We're going to talk about the gay bars there. We're going to talk about how they came out, how they became a comic, the whole thing. We're going to talk about Malaysian pop punk, which in the middle of the episode, we do have a dance party. And that dance party is going to be Malaysian pop punk with one Madonna song because she is so universal. So thank you for tuning in to my first gay bar. Uh, I think you're going to have a wonderful time and please give a big gay bar welcome to Juliana Hang. I should tell people about you. So you are in Malaysia, you are a stand-up comic. And um, so the way that we met was when I had the coming out day um, extravaganza show in 2020 during the pandemic. And -hmm. then you were doing like a ton of like Zoom shows and stuff. Yes. Yes. So, um, uh, so yeah, so that's how we met and you do comedy all over Malaysia. Yep. Uh, Okay. I wouldn't say all over because Malaysia, I think the only spots that have like proper comedy is only KL, Kuala Lumpur and Penang, which is Northern Malaysia. But other than that, uh, most of the states maybe don't even know what comedy is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe you could start uh comedy in other parts of the country that, that yeah, could be yeah i mean that is what um some of us are exploring lah. yeah oh that's cool that would be neat yeah uh the the fun thing about doing small towns here is because people don't get to see comedy very often because yeah. they don't have like access to a club a lot of times but yeah. um and so seeing somebody like see comedy for the first time would be amazing Right. So did you grow up with comedy? Hmm, sorry. Did you grow up with stand-up comedy? Not really. I think because the thing in, in Malaysia, stand-up comedy is an art form that that is either you know it or you don't. Like some of my friends, maybe they grow up, their parents watch sitcoms and also that's how they know. But for me, I'm like, not really. Most of the time, they watch a lot of dramas, you know. So <laughs> they grow up more as drama queens than people doing comedy. And my only closest thing to comedy was Stephen Chow. Stephen Chow, like Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is like the closest I get to comedy. So, sure. But it's well, good enough. Because I, yeah. I, I love his stuff, actually. And I can watch watch it like a lot of times. But the thing is, I don't even know that it's called comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did you first become like aware of stand-up comedy? Oh, okay. I only first started to know when I started working. And oh, my boss no. actually, yeah, my boss actually brought us to uh, to celebrate, like, because I was an auditor, so we have, like, the peak period where you have a lot of work, you stay up all night and all, and you have the off-peak period, so that time he said, during the off-peak, let's go and watch stand-up comedy, and I don't even know what that is, and, <laughs> and we, he actually bought tickets to see uh, Mas Jobrani, yeah, Mas Jobrani came to KL. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah, so he's an Iranian-American comedian. So we watch him, I mean, but at the time, because, well, we are accountants. So, of course, my boss get those seats that are, like, very high up. And then the Mas Jobani is walking, like, an end in the, on the stage. We can only see a guy, a bald guy, wearing the suit and then just walking on stage like a tiny guy. Can't even see the face properly, but he has a mic and also we can hear him quite clearly. Lah. 
And after that, I was like, hey, it's really, fu- really funny. And then I enjoy it. But it never really dawned on me that I would actually do stand-up comedy. I would be doing what he's doing. It's like, I just said, <laughs> okay, nice. We had fun. And tomorrow, we go back and do the grind, work again. And right. that's about it. But it was like, maybe that is like the first seed planted on stand-up comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you become a comic? Yeah, that is actually quite an interesting story. It's like I realized that turns out that I don't like accounting. I don't like the work. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm like, mm, I'm quite like resentful. Like, where what else can I do? Because the thing is, as Asian, we are always taught like, okay, we need to just do this uh, main career, like uh doctor, lawyer, accountant, and all. But we don't know that there are other kind of jobs in the world, you know. So yeah. we just think, um, of course I felt like, oh no, I mean, I hate what I'm doing, but I also don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, that's a dilemma. So end up with like I was actually commuting to work like one day and just chance upon a flyer at a train station. And the flyer is very colorful, it has a lot of information and all, but somehow I don't know why that time I decided to just read through the whole flyer. Maybe I'm so bored with my life that time that <laughs> even a brochure is, That's how everybody becomes a comic. <laughs> so I read, yeah. I come a, yeah, I come across a very ugly page. Like most of the paid advertisements are pretty good and nice, but only one very ugly poster. And they say stand-up comedians wanted uh please uh, email us for spots, you know. So <laughs> like, yeah, it's like it's really ugly. It's just an orange paper with, with black fonts. That's about it. It's really ugly. So I'm like, okay, let's just um, go for it, you know. And and then that's how I got my three three minute spot. Yeah, it's like September twenty fifteen. I remember fifteen September twenty fifteen. So I just celebrate my anniversary recently. Yeah, seven years. That's cool. Yeah, that's right. I've been a comic for thirteen years. Wow. Yeah. Godly. <laughs> <laughs> I I started comedy in uh, two thousand and eight in Austin, Texas. Mm. Do you know where Austin, Texas is? Yes. But haven't been there. I haven't. I haven't stuck my foot into the states yet. But I've seen a lot in Hollywood. Uh, yes, nice. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've you've never been here? Not oh, yet. that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would so- love to. Um, I would love to come to to LA one day. You know, or either to any part of of America one day, like New York or whatever. Like it would be nice to finally debunk the myth of what America looks like compared to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh that's so funny. Yeah, I just moved to LA in January. Mm. And uh and so it's not like the it's not like the TV shows and the movies for sure, but it's yeah. it's super fun. I'm having a really good time because yeah. I'm from Portland. Portland and yeah. I lived in Austin for a while and then I moved back to Portland. And then I was in Portland for like over 10 years. And mm. so yeah, so being in a new city is fun and I get to go do the things and you know, I wasn't invited yeah. to the Yankees this year, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think the stage time is still valuable because in in KL, it's not so easy. Not to say not easy, I think I'm still thankful that I we, we still have quite a lot of comedy show going around. But of course, if we want to compare to the US and UK, of course, we are really like, like, like quite yeah. far behind and also quite little, quite few stage time compared to, to the big, big guys in comedy. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So um you've done TV over there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I so did, you have I a couple of shows and stuff. Yeah. It's quite fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally. How did you get into TV in, in Malaysia? Uh we have to audition. 
I mean, that's how it works. Lah. That means oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, they have uh, TV producers and then uh, we have to go for their auditions. And from there, the, but the judges themselves are also comedians. So they will decide yes or no. Lah. Then if yes, then you have to go for their shooting and then like write a lot of materials and all until you get kicked out. Lah. Yeah, you will, you, will keep, you will keep recording until you get kicked out. Yeah. That's awesome. Really, um, it's so still a good experience regardless of whether you, you win the contest or not. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. You can't replace the experience for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and especially with uh, developing comedy because you have to do so in such a short period of time that you have to think yeah, on it all the time. Be, yeah. 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 That would be, that would be really fun. That'd be really fun to do. Yeah. Um, I need to do that more often just in my own life. Like go on, just like write something and then just go on stage and do it. Yeah. Maybe I should start um, a mic like that. I um, think that's actually a good thing because I noticed that even like my friend, when they go for the contest, even like, let's say they are forced to write like a lot of material suddenly. If let's say even they don't make it through when they come back to the comedy scene, they have like maybe easily five to six new new minutes, you know, new new five minute sets, you know, something like that. I was like, hey, that's interesting. Yeah, just the yeah, process yeah. itself. Well, because you're under the gun. So you're just like, you know, you're you're trying to, you have a such a tight deadline. That's the, yeah. I think that's the key. Because I when I wrote for, um, I used to write for, um, a queer magazine in Portland. And mm. when I wrote that there, I had like deadlines and that was, that was a huge, that was a huge help. I need somebody yeah. to like call and yeah. self-impose a deadline on me. <laughs> yep. Sometimes I think the push is very, very good in a way. Like even myself, when sometimes when they have a team comedy shows in KL, yeah. where, where some of them, they just, uh, some of the bookers are pretty particular. That means they want you to follow like for example, if they want Halloween, you know, but some comics will just do their regular stuff even in a Halloween show. But certain bookers are particular, like it needs to be Halloween. You know, I don't know how you have to write something related to Halloween. And I think that also helps a lot, like helps us a lot. Like we have to like crack our head for actual stuff that match the theme rather than just wholesale using our wholesale stuff to, to get by, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, we had a lot of uh, theme shows in Portland um in Oregon and so I I do know about that and I do those shows but um so uh so you consider yourself non-binary do you consider yourself queer as well yeah yeah I mean I kind of think that I thought that queer is like the big the big umbrella surrounding everyone and everyone just stay under the umbrella that's what I thought so it's like queer and then um LGBT everything lah yeah that's what I understand lah yeah yeah totally Mm, yes um were you are you now are you out now to your parents ah okay i'm actually out to my dad but the thing is when you come out to an asian parent uh they don't really acknowledge it they were just like they still go about calling you by wrong pronouns whatever and then they, they just don't care you know sometimes they come up with their own definition of stuff like like there are times when because the thing is i'm dressed quite I'm quite out, I mean, with the way I look in KL. So people obviously know that I'm definitely not straight or either they just think that I'm a straight person with an interesting style, you know. Right, right, right. More things. So sometimes my dad will like, when people like look at me in a certain way, that's when my dad sometimes he chip in, he just say, oh, you know, my my daughter, she's a lesbian, you know, uh, because no one wants her. (laughs) Like, what the heck? You know, like, it's like everything is just very wrong about the whole information. Yeah. So yeah. so is no, it is it oh sorry. No, 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 no worries. I'm good. You you can start first, then I will continue. No, but you were were you out when 
when you first went to your first gay bar, everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually I was because uh, funnily that was like the first time I first first month I came out. Yeah, first month I came out because that time was a coming out month. Yeah, October twenty eighteen. So for me, I'm like okay. I mean, I've already met up with some queer friends. Did enough a bit of research on on what type of queer am I, you know, and, <laughs> and somehow like they found out that I'm a comedian. So that's why they, when I actually like say that I want to come for the event, they also get me to perform also. Yeah, because it's kind of like a gay bar, but the gay bar is, is not, it's more like just the name alone. It's not really, because the gay bar we use, that, that bar is actually not a gay bar, but they are an ally. That means they support the queer people, queer community. Oh, so sure. They let us use their venue, but, our our the everybody knows does not have a physical venue because in Malaysia it's tricky lah because we are a Muslim country. So yeah. so we cannot like if we have a physical location then it can be quite dangerous. So normally we try to like keep it very low profile and then we usually don't review the location when we do in events. We usually yeah. say DM for location, DM and then we have to screen the people quite carefully. That means for people to to join who join who sort of like want to follow our Instagram and all the team they will look at. Sometimes they will even cross-check with me like, hey, do you know this person? You know, because he's a comedian, do you know who that person is? He's safe for the community. So we have to do a lot of this kind of wetting la, just to make sure that don't have some weird uh, Islamo- is, is I mean, most, most of them, those who are homophobic, most of them are Muslim. La. Yeah, so sometimes yeah. some weird people coming in, they represent the authority from the of Muslim, right. you know, then that's when we may get into trouble because when they come in, they can have access to where we are, what we do. And, and then they can come in as undercover. We never know who they are. They might, they might look pretty normal, but end up they, they are spies, you know. So that's why have to be, we have to be careful. So, but everybody knows it's like the brand of the, the gay bar. Lah. But for me, it's like because Malaysia is like only, there's not many gay organizations. So I think NOS is the one that I'm going most of the time. Everybody knows is the one I'm like, yeah, like first and last <laughs> until, as at now, you know, yeah. But they have others gradually, lah, like one of them is Secret Sunday Social, but that's more gay concentrated because everybody knows it's found by lesbians, uh, lesbian couple. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's why cool. it's, So it, that's why it's like a lot of the, even assigned female non-binaries like it very much. Lesbians and assigned female non-binaries love knows very much. And Secret Sunday Social is more gay, all gay guys, yeah. And there's oh, another yeah. one, I cannot remember, some of them I have not visited, so I, I won't know, yeah. But so far, I've done gigs for both Secret Sunday Social and also uh, what you call Everybody Knows, yeah. Wow, yeah, that sounds like um, uh, the gay movement here in like the 60s, because they had yeah. a lot of raids, because I read last night that um, Malaysia's had raids as early as like late as like 2018. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, there's, there's raids pretty frequently. Yeah. And we tried to have a pride parade, but it, it never happened because they say, oh no, this is a anti-Islam, you know, like, so, so they, yeah. so that's why the only time we can go for pride uh, is actually going up north to Thailand or either going down south to Singapore. You know, at least we are like Singapore, you know, at first we always think that when we were young, we always think Singapore is a very strict country, you know, they are like, oh, you know, everything is strict. But then they just repealed the gay sex law recently. Yeah, so, yeah, just, like, just recently. So we yeah. were like, I say time to migrate to Singapore then, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and their comedy scene is also very, very up and coming, I would say, because most of them are, they have a lot of expats in Singapore, so... Oh yeah, having a lot of English speaking uh, listen. I mean, listeners audience. 
So a lot of your, even my jokes, a lot of them land much better in Singapore than in Malaysia because in Malaysia, there is a bit of a language barrier. That's one. And a lot of things they don't know. That means if I tell them I'm non-binary or I'm autistic, they were like, huh? What the hell like, is that? that? You know? yeah, yeah. So it becomes hard. That means I have to first explain. I have to first explain what are these two things by the time it eat into my stage time already sometimes. So it's quite... Well, I will tell you that it was kind of like that when I first started comedy in 2008. Yeah. And um, I started like right when... Um, do you remember when... Oh, how old are you? I was I'm right 32. when Obama was running. Huh? I'm 32 this year. Oh, okay. So, uh, so it was right when Obama was running. So you were probably a, a kid, but, um, but anyway, um, when uh, I first started, uh, I, I had a comic say um, that the, he would give me a piece of advice to stop being so gay in my act because I was referencing things and I didn't think I was referencing anything complicated, but mm-hmm. like, I was just like making it clear who I date because I wanted to talk about my dating life um in an open way and so he um but anyway so he told me to stop being so gay but now i find that like in the united states like it's it's way better like straight people really know way more about it i can make a joke and like people get it you know and stuff and same with with uh the recognition and understanding of autism too so that's cool yeah well that's cool that you get to be popular here you know yeah yeah i mean that's what uh a lot of my friends told me that your kind of material is more suited for the white progressive audience, you know. <laughs> because in Malaysia, we are more like, I think Malaysia, most of the comedians, they they do like the sex jokes, the race jokes, and also the religion, religion cannot touch. Like recently, we had an incident that caused one of the comedy club to shut down. So it's quite serious. Oh, yeah, that was recent too. Yeah, so yeah. race, sex, and politics. Yeah, politics, that's the third one. So... It's like these are the safer topics where the audience can identify the most. So anything out of these three topics, it's a bit like for them, they're like, huh, why is all this? Why is all this happening? We don't understand. Don't and and usually that's when you you can be playing to a room of silence, you know. But that is, but now I do get better at it. That means I figure out better way to explain my situation very much quicker. That means I don't need two minutes to tell things. I just need maybe within 30 to 30 seconds, I can actually get get my queerness and my autism out. And so they kind of look at me and then I can move on with other jokes because I don't want to just be recognized as like a, an autistic comedian, you know, or either yeah. just a queer comedian. I also wanted to write about other things, you know. So I just want to get out of the way because sometimes when you look quite interesting, sometimes people will get intrigued and they cannot, their mind cannot focus on the joke, you know. They, yeah. they, they cannot listen, they don't understand. They are just they're trying to out. figure you out so they, they uh, can't make jokes about you because you're just like, yeah, like, I totally get that yeah, so why you look so different and uh, why you... And for me, so I don't sound very local. Although, yes, I have a Malaysian accent like what you you hear. Definitely, I I have a local accent. But in Malaysia, I'm not like local, local. So there are times people will wonder like, where are you from? Are you from Singapore or what? You know, the girls. Because Singapore's accent is pretty similar to mine. Like we are more new, closer to English rather than Malaysia. We speak Manglish like, hello, how are you? You know, like... Okay, like not, to, not to say uh, Uncle Roger this just overdid it. It's like we don't speak that way, but Uncle Roger overdid it. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, hello, how are you? You know, all the, uh, we are Hong Kong, uh, yeah, we are Malaysian, uh, chicken rice, you know, yeah. So it's a bit bordering on like stereotype, but then, but he has jokes with it, so it's fine, yeah. That's cool, yeah. Yep. Um, so tell me about your new, your show currently. Oh, sure. So 
personal project is actually working on Spectrum, my solo show. Uh, and so, okay, so for some reason, I thought it was a, a on, I thought it was a, a comedy show with various people, but it's it's just yours. It's is it oh, like okay. a one show or is it's it a, a one woman show? <laughs> yes, I was sorry, <laughs> a one woman show because uh, I'm like because people always say one woman show, but then since I don't hundred percent identify as a yeah. woman, I say one woman show, and I have a I have cat and dog, so I qualify to call myself a woman. Yeah. <laughs> And That's amazing. Yes, but I do have opening acts. That means like uh, to just set the tone lah. Because uh, I do in in that hour I will do stand up comedy, spoken word poetry, and storytelling. But if let's say I were to just dive directly, not that I can't. I can actually do an hour by myself because like screen shows and all, they cannot afford you to have two hours or whatever. Because with the opening acts, the time the time do stretch. So I ha- I still can carry that one hour. But sometimes for the local audience in KL. It's better not to like shock them suddenly, lah. Like you don't want to go inside. And my storytelling is about me surviving like family, like abuse within the family, like bad poor boundaries with family members and all. So not everyone can accept it from comedy. Suddenly you go to somewhere like a, a darker part of your life. So sometimes when I put the opening acts, they set the tone for me. So I have one to do stand up for me. Another will do poetry. And finally, one will tell his story of a life near-death experience. So it's a bit more serious. So at least people know that the show will go in that direction, right? It's funny, ha, 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 ha. But also at the same time, it will have like poetry. You are very thoughtful, very inspiring. And after that, the story will be like, oh, it's a bit real, lah, you know. So when I go up, at least I know that the audience is in the way they expect it already. Rather than like, huh, what's all this? You know, they get shocked, you know, yeah. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, I love that. Also, are it you... gives my friends opportunity. La. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so are you, or where are you performing that currently? Oh, okay. I'm actually planning to tour it within Malaysia. So far, I actually do it in a Hush the Theatre already. That's the first show. And the second one, I did it at Nose. Yeah, that's also my favorite place. So we did it at Nose. And the third place, possibly the Joke Factory. The Joke Factory is the fine, the, the, one and only comedy club in KL now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like yeah. After, so after the, uh, Crack House is gone, it's like now it's only the Joke Factory left. So I'll be doing it at Joke Factory. And then I will see how, like, that means I'll explore other venues and then whatever venues that I feel that I love before I move up to Northern Malaysia, like uh, Ipoh. Uh, Ipoh oh, yeah. also there has a very nice place and a Penang as well. There is a bar that I can potentially have a look at. It's just that I need to see the bar first, maybe perform once first before deciding whether do I want to do my show there? Because it's no point doing a show where you know that the audience there are not really like listening because for me, some of the audience, they come in to drink only. They are not interested in, in comedy and all. And then that's when they will start talking yeah. very loudly, talk over your stuff. And, and I'm like, mm, bar, I have to be a bit careful. I need to check the, whether is it suitable for my show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. No, I produce a lot. So I totally get that. Yeah. yeah, it's important to pick the right bar and it's important to have the bar like into what you're doing. So there's yes, support because yes. that yeah. really sets the tone for like the people that go there because otherwise they just get like, I'm glad to know that's yeah. universal. Shockingly, we are quite universal in many ways. Like, like even like you mentioned about materials that time when you perform and people tell you don't be too gay, you know, the yeah. kind of stuff. Happened to another one of the comics I know actually because he's the... He's, you know, like Britney Spears. He liked Britney Spears all the time. So he channeled his inner Britney all the time on stage. 
And oh. that, time, th- that time, the bookers were like, kind of told him, if you want to be booked more often, you have to tone down on your gayness. And I was like, fuck your all, man. <laughs> you know, the kind of stuff. I mean, I didn't get that because I'm not... Okay, I mean, although in my dressing, yes, but a lot of my materials is more on the autism side. So the queer one, I'm also developing more nowadays. Yeah, because I feel much more comfortable after coming out for four years. So I have more materials on that nowadays. But that time, I'm more heavily on autism. But he is full out, beat me gay, you know, whatever. So they were like saying, hmm, it's like if you want to book, get book for more shows, tone down on your gayness. And like, damn, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what happened with your comedy club? Was that like somebody talked about religion on stage? Yeah. With the one shut down? Yes. What happened was two troublemakers. They are not even from the comedy fraternity because if they are from the fraternity, at least we know what to do. You know, we can like kick them out, bend them or whatever and just like seriously rebuild them or what, but they are not. And it's an open mic show that time. So open mic, we usually welcome everyone. You know, we say, okay, everyone. And, and these two of them, they just come in don't know from where but we already but okay after the incident only we know that they they terrorize other venues yeah so what they do is they wanted to have their blowjob workshop they want to do their sex workshop at those venues but of course mo- most sane venues will say no you know like hi you're listening to 107.1 x-ray fm my name is belinda carroll and you've been listening to juliana hang who is a comedian in malaysia who is non-binary autistic and queer in a largely muslim country Uh, our dance party today is going to be amazing because it's going to be malaysian music that they're playing right now in the clubs there. And uh, the bands are breaking gender and sexuality norms all over the place. And I'm so excited to bring them to you. Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know that this podcast was edited with Alitu, which makes podcasting very easy. If you go over to alitu.com or use my affiliate link that is in the description of this podcast, you can sign up yourself. It costs less than one hour of audio editing and it makes podcasting so easy. So go ahead and sign up. If you sign up through my affiliate link, then the podcast gets a little love. I get a little love and you get a new podcast. So go ahead and do that action. Hey everybody, if you're listening to this, you're listening to the podcast version. Originally, this aired on 107.1 X-Ray FM and came included with music. But because podcast licensing is archaic and needs to be updated, uh, I don't have the music in the podcast. But if you head over to my Patreon at Belinda Comedy, you can find the entire Dance Party playlist for free over there. And if you choose to join for exactly $1, you can get all of the extras, including information about the clubs we talk about and the entertainers that I'm interviewing. Thank you so much for listening to my first gay bar and back to the show. Really wanted to learn. We can teach her, but we can teach her, you know, it's like because Malaysia has very few uh, hijabi comedians, like they wear the hijab and also of course, we are very excited when we see her. I was not there, but the comics there, they were pretty excited when they see a, a, a lady in a hijab wanting to perform open mic. Because, hey, you know, so far, some of the comics who are on hijab, wearing hijab and all, so far that we encountered, they are really funny, hilarious, you know. So we thought that she's also one of them. Lah. But turns out that oh, yeah, she, she ended up doing nonsense. And that is quite disrespectful in, the, in our country. Yeah. And yeah. after that... On top of that, she actually like 
upload on the video on YouTube, and that's when the extremists in Malaysia, like like <laughs> not happy, and then they were like, and you see, they don't okay because comedy is like when taken out of context is very wrong actually. So that's why they they were really like going to like say shut down the club, shut down the club, and then they also dig up the comedy club owner and all because he also did some materials on on race, yeah, and then he's making <laughs> fun of his parentage, you know, like. Sometimes we make fun of our parentage, like, oh, I'm half Chinese, I'm half this, half that, half Jewish, half half Irish, whatever. Those kind of jokes he did. And and then that's how they don't like it. They are not happy with his joke and they kind of like want him to get into trouble and all. Lah. Yeah. So I'm pretty sad lah. the case is still ongoing. So I, I I can't comment much yet. But then we are just hoping for the best that, uh, oh that he God. will be fine. Lah. Because it's just a he's just a comedian, you know, like and and they already charge him for sedition. They say that he's affecting the peace of the country, and we are like, what? You know, like he's just and he's funny, you know. On top of that, he's funny. If he's not funny, then I get it, lah. But he's funny, and and the thing is, when these haters are these uh, extremists are when they chop up his video, they they don't really like watch his whole video. They actually take out the setups of his jokes, and his setup is of course he talk about his parentage, whatever. And all this independently, it's very offensive. If let's say you talk just on the setup without the punchline, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever read anything about Lenny Bruce? I I read about him. I he's got jail all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. He got arrested That's what that used to happen here. And like, yeah. I I worry about that because that kind of extremism could take hold again. That's what I'm worried about with um. With the whole Trump situation, I don't know if you're yeah. following that whole situation. But. I know. I I noticed that even the country is, I mean, US is also like currently revoking a lot of the laws, which I'm like quite shocked. I was like, eh? I thought because when growing up, we always think that US is the country we want to go when we grow up yeah. because we felt that, oh, it's so much of freedom, We were taught that about you too. <laughs> yeah. But then now when I hear like Roe versus Wade is being overturned and and then yeah. even some of the gay marriages in uh, Florida and all were being revoked. And all. I was like, what, what is happening to US? You know, like all the time we think that you're the one, your country is the one that is being progressive and all. And now everything is moving backward. That is quite, quite shocking actually to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a, it's a pendulum, right? And it's like, we got all of these rights and now they're the right, the religious right is trying to roll them back because they can't handle it. And so, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. And it's just like, we have to fight against it to um, reverse it. It's just like, yeah. I don't know how to do that, you know? So it's a, it's a, it's a struggle, but like, but hearing what you're going through too, it's like, we're still, I mean, we may be like further along, but like really you're struggling against the same exact thing. And yeah. that's kind of like why I got into comedy initially was because I wanted a forum where I could talk about my real life without being, because I was a singer for a long time and oh, wow. it for a while too. And um, I've done a lot of stuff. And so, but like within like um, singing, I felt like I, within with the band I was in specifically, um, I had to kind of like, they wanted me to be kind of the front girl and like not talk about yeah. anything about my life. Not, yeah. And that's just, your job you know, is just to sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't like it. So um, I didn't enjoy that. So I just decided I didn't want to do that. So anyway, so but yeah, that's the reason I got into it was because it's, uh, you know, the ability to speak pretty, you know, be funny, but also like, yep. speak pretty freely about your life too. And it's yes. like, and that's a way to convey things to people that I think yeah. is really great. It's like making people laugh while you're teaching them stuff yes. or like talking to you about stuff that they're uncomfortable with. 
Yeah. This thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So have you talked, you've talked about being queer on stage, right? Yes. Yes. Of course. Yeah. And uh, have you done that only to like a queer audience or have you had mixed audiences? Both. That means I'm also doing it to straight audience and also the queer audience, but queer audience, they get it straight away. So I have no problem with that. You know, I can actually enjoy myself saying like a lot of much more stuff, you know, like, like for me, it's like I'm saying like recently my newest angle, angle is um, a lot of people think that I look like a monk with this hairstyle. But this is an understatement. I'm actually gay Buddha. <laughs> you know, so that's my new angle. You have and to I wear, think, I, uh, you should get t-shirts that say gay Buddha. Yeah, yeah. You like, can actually, sell me here. Yeah. It's hilarious, you know. It's like, but I'm not sure, lah, but in Malaysia, it's still pretty t- tricky when I'm doing it for a straight audience. Like, 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 I'm not sure whether, like, okay, some of them laugh, but we are not sure how many are uncomfortable. That is, and because some of them can be quite, like, religious. religious. Are you trying to say Buddha is gay? You know, that kind of stuff, you know. But for me, it's like, no, I mean, it's like Buddha can be himself, of course, and I will be just a gay Buddha, like, gay version of Buddha, you know. Yeah, and it's hilarious how I actually got that joke because when we were doing some team building activity, we had this drawing exercise where everyone, we just pick one feature of someone and we just draw. That means, and then we have to move in a circle. So, okay, I draw the eyes first. Then another person will start drawing the nose. Then another person will start drawing the lips and all. So eventually when the picture is finished, I look at it, I was like, hmm, this looks more like gay Buddha. <laughs> That's how I <laughs> come up with that joke from a from a picture, from a caricature actually that they draw of me. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It is. It's like, I was like, Interesting that we can get jokes just from simple team building exercises, you know, like, mm, you know, like gay Buddha. <laughs> yeah, I find a lot of jokes come from like simple um, yeah. experiences where it just all of a sudden pops in your head. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, because I was like struggling to like explain myself that at times like, okay, I say I usually use my gender fluid opening, but that one already sometimes is a problem because they also kind of like don't get it. You know, they were like, huh? why is that? Uh, I feel like sometimes I feel like women, sometimes I feel like work out, huh? What is that? They still like in their head, they are like still figuring out that joke because sometimes I do wordplay joke, but if let's say your English is not of a certain standard, you won't get the joke. Yeah. So when that happens, then it becomes difficult. And if let's say your jokes keep hit, hit and missing, the audience eventually will tune out, you know, because when I'm you don't sure. understand, it's not, that, it's not that your joke is bad. It's just that you don't get it. That is, that's why I'm like saying, but the gay Buddha one so far, they get it, you know, like it's so funny. Eh? I was like, gay Buddha. And then I say, uh, <laughs> I say that instead of your Amitofo, I'm like, Amito, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and they, they lose it, uh, some of them. Yeah. That's great. All right. I think we're almost at time. Yay. Yeah. Awesome. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. This has been yeah. so fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Belinda. Yeah. We could definitely sit down and talk again at any point. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about the show. Um, it's going to air uh, on X-Ray FM in Portland, Oregon. And then um, it'll be on the um, boring anything weird happening. Um, and then we'll it'll be on the... Um, xray.fm online and then you can actually get you'll be able to get the link online and then you'll be able to share it to your people on your end so you'll have a shareable link and stuff and so i'm planning on putting on apple and spotify so uh so the the middle of this i'm gonna put um a uh the middle i'm gonna cut in half and then i'm gonna put your songs in the middle 
So it'll play Mm -hmm. like Madonna and like whatever. Oh, nice. Also, do you have any, uh, is there any Malaysian dance hits that you enjoy? Sorry? Like any Malaysian music? Oh, of course, of course. Maybe I can I can let you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just I, me I like just a... need to do a bit of digging because I do hear about their songs before, but then I just need to find out like what is the song name and all. Some of the some of the songs are really good actually. Like like one of these uh, trans woman band, they call uh Ting Tong Cats. Yeah, Ting Tong Cats, oh, and cool. uh, the whole band is all trans woman, and and she, and she is really punk la, The way she sing, like she said, I like this song that she she sing like uh. Say gender is not uh, in between the legs. Yeah, I mean, but she sings oh, in the legs. Hey, in the national cool. language, she said, uh, gender is not between your legs. You know, it's more the head. So she's trying to sing that song. And the tune is very catchy. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. definitely send that to me. That's yeah. cool. And also another one by another group is like, they have this song called Lonely Lesbian. Also, it's really good. Oh, yeah. Send yeah, me that so, too. So yeah. I, will, I think I will just send these two over. They are really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my plan is to have a couple of songs on the radio show and then yeah. do a longer, whatever. So then we, 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 you know, you just like put whatever in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's how I'm doing it. And then I want to do um, a longer playlist. So it'll be like, wow. so specifically dance songs from, did you not, did you go to a bar in 2018? Is that right? Okay, yeah, I went to the 2018, I mean, it's not a, a bar per se, but then uh, it's like, they are just like, as I mentioned, they just ran a... Like a random party is, thing. Yeah. That is a, so that's an ally, yeah. Thing. yeah. And then, let me ask you this, what what was the expectation, because because you live in such a Muslim country, I'm assuming mm. that you didn't really have a lot of gay role models and stuff growing up, right? Not really. And then also the, the, the queer role model is always in trouble. Like we have uh, No Sajat. No Sajat is a trans woman, business woman. Uh, unfortunately, she's, she, she actually left the country. She's now in Australia. You know, it's like, it's quite sad la, to know that if let's say you are Muslim and out, out as a trans woman and all, uh, in fact, your life is actually in danger. La, you know, in danger yeah, somehow. Yeah. La, because they hated it. Because, I don't know, because you see uh, some of these guys are very toxic. They have a lot of toxic masculinity and and you becoming a, you are a trans woman is an embarrassment to them to their men yeah men, I mean, value, it's here you know. too yeah yeah so I mean, they really hated and then she even received death threat and all it's no joke la. so she she's now in australia la, and i'm i hope that she will thrive there la. yeah so i think man, you don't have, like australia. yeah no that's the thing is yeah, that I, here the same way in, yeah. in a lot of spots you know and i worry about that in the in the um yeah. uh, in the south especially because like you know about florida like they're doing yep. the don't say gay bill and all that but, um, yeah so like you so they don't say gay bill and so you have you know that kind of extremism coming into here and it's just like you know I mean, you have to have somewhere that's safe for people you know okay. you can't all move to australia yeah you know although if anybody would like to support me moving to australia i would <laughs> yeah but i think in malaysia it's like that's why we have the everybody knows because uh, and we protect it because we because this is like the last place for these people to be themselves because majority of the our community members they are malay muslims as well so if let's say we if let's say the venue is being leaked and all the authorities can actually come for them and uh, like don't know la, we don't know what they will do with them arrest them beat them up or whatever we don't know so 
we we have to protect because for me is I'm I'm a Chinese I mean Chinese descent Malaysian uh, who is um, not Muslim so that's why for me is I can go around with this look nobody give about me yeah but if I'm Muslim the same cannot be said for me but I may be in danger if I'm so out and proud yeah wow wow yes. okay yeah wow. and so but so uh but publicly people don't care that that you're gay but they do care that Muslims are gay. Yes, I mean, okay, gay or trans is like you. That's why a lot of them sometimes they, they have to pretend to be like straight outside, and then maybe they come into the space, then they change into whatever they want to wear, you know, be drag queen or whatever. Because it's kind of like the space, the last space for them to be themselves. Um, so that's why we 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 need to protect it, like That's why we make sure that we wet our guests properly. We. We also, we don't want to like, we, we always protect the location. We never like, we say, okay, anything, we just DM the location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't put it on social media because these people police the social media as well. So they might say, hmm, very interesting. Uh, rainbow, gay, gay, gay event. Ah, let's go there, you know, and do a raid, you know, that kind of stuff. So so we were like, we, we say cannot lie. I mean, because it's quite sad that. Uh, so how much, are, you, yeah. you may be, you may be. Oh, you may be too, maybe you're, but maybe you will know. How has social media changed the gay community in Malaysia? Like, because I know that for me, like, I mean, I, I started on the internet. I'm older than you, but when I started on the internet, like I had a pretty robust, like life in the queer community already. And then I started on gay sites and then it was even more. Um, And so um, and so I, I had been out, I've been out since the nineties. So like the mm. mid nineties is when I came out. So, cause I came out when I was like 14. Mm. So, um, well, I mean, between 14 and 17, it was a process, but anyway, yeah. but, um, but yeah, so, um, so I've been out for a long time. So did, and I know that the internet really changed like being gay in the United States. So, yeah. um, how did the internet change? being gay in Malaysia do you know I okay I would say that um, it actually allows a lot of us to kind of like come out eventually I mean those who knows because because that time okay myself when I I mean I know that because some people thought that when I came out like in 2018 which when I'm 28 years old a lot of people actually think that like mm-hmm. like huh like did Juliana live under the rock that they don't know that they are gay you know like why do they take like 28 years to come out you know like but for me, it's like, it's not that I don't know. It's not that I live under a rock. I don't know anything. But I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of know that I'm queer at 11 years old, you know. So I'm a bit different from other girls in school. But just that nobody talks about it. Like the school, no one talks about it. At home, of course, you can't, you, you, you won't even talk about it. So nobody talks about it. So everyone just pretend that uh, life is normal. Lah. Like, like I, a lot of people will just perceive me as like a straight person with an interesting interesting hairstyle whatever you know but then so eventually, you- the internet actually like allows me to like find out like who I am but of course the internet also encompasses whatsapps you know like whatsapp group you know where some of the girls they just add each, add each other we have like this tiny community like we want to support other other female comedians or artists so we start talking about somehow the topic end up from uh, talking about our art and craft so suddenly we talk about like our sexuality suddenly, you know, like we somehow shift the tangent a bit. Um, and then somehow I admit like, that, oh, sometimes I feel like a, a woman, sometimes I feel like a man. And and then I 
I don't know lah. I mean, one of the person just told me, oh, you could be gender fluid, you know. Then that's when I'm like, ah, okay, that that term sounds interesting. Let me Google it. And that was my first gay bar. Thank you so much for tuning in. I super appreciate it. Uh, look up Juliana on all of the socials and also their website, julianahang.com. Uh, if you have any questions, go ahead and email me. My name is Belinda Carroll, and I can be reached at belinda at myfirstgaybar.com. And we will see you soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.